this morning to be in our sermon series on the, uh, the book of Ephesians, Finding Our True Identity. I'd encourage you, if you have missed some of our series, or all of it, uh, to go uh, to the church's Facebook page, um, and um, you'll see each sermon posted there so that you don't miss out on any of the information and the blessings that we have in Christ, which we talked about last Sunday. Excited to be uh, again in this amazing book with this amazing man, this amazing God that we serve, discussing together who we are in Christ, who we are according to God. And with that, we'll invite Brother Ted to read our scripture. This is uh, out of the New International Thanksgiving and Prayer. And it starts, as he said, that remembering that we have Jesus Christ as our our Lord, and that we are given redemption, that is adopted sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Thank you, brother. Who are you in Christ this morning? Uh, It's interesting to hear different reflections on our series so far, and I've been grateful to hear people say, uh, you know, I wake up differently uh, now than I used to, and and I try to ask the Lord to help me to to count my blessings first thing in the morning, um, to look myself in the mirror and remind myself of, who I am in Jesus, and it's such a good practice for us to continue to ponder the scriptures and what they say to us about how God sees us, how God feels about us, the plans that God has for us, because we live in a world today that has bound us with expectations and with pressures to be something very different than maybe what God designed us to be. Um, And I had a different illustration to use this morning, but Janine, can you come here for a second? Um, it's really interesting to me how I came this morning with this idea, and you see it on the screen, of being appreciated by God. And that is what we want to talk about this morning, and I've, I'm all primed and ready to share um, how much God loves you and, and how much he feels about you. And then Janine blew me away by coming up to me during the greeting time and looking me in the eye and saying, Pastor, I appreciate you so much, and I can't tell you how much that meant to me. And it shook me, and it blessed me, and I just want to thank you, and I appreciate you and all you're doing for First Friends. So thank you for being a living illustration of what we want to talk about this morning. 
that we are appreciated by God. And I want to ask you this morning, is that how you feel today? Do you feel appreciated by God? I know that a lot of times we feel pressured by God. We may feel condemned or convicted by God. We may feel distant from God. We may not feel like he's even around or even believe that he exists. But Paul comes to us this morning as we continue to work through this um, passage together um, articulately and carefully and maybe methodically um, to talk together about how God sees us. In the light of the understanding of how God sees us, shouldn't that be what shapes how we see ourselves? Not what we hear on the television, not what the movie stars or the musicians tell us, not what the popular people of our culture try to cause us to become in order to feel pretty or sexy or happy or content, but what the scriptures tell us about a life that is blessed by God. And just a reminder that everything that Paul says is in the caveat of you will experience these things, you will know these things because you are in Christ. And I'm so grateful that we're here in church together this morning because we're seeking to be in Christ. And as we seek his face and his presence together, then we, then we can experience these things. We can know the blessings of being with God and we can feel his favor upon our heart and upon our lives together. So Paul starts out in this passage by, by talking about how much he appreciated the church that he'd ministered to. And he says, for this reason, ever since I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I believe that through Paul's admonition and through Paul's encouragement for his congregation, the Holy Spirit might have something to say to each of us this morning, that God appreciates you. When was the last time that we, in the middle of our busy, hectic, stressful, crazy lives, looked ourselves in the eye or just had a quiet time with God and received from him the message, I appreciate you. I'm so thankful for you. Paul was so convinced about the value of his people that he said, every time I think of you, I can't help, I can't stop, I continue to pray and give thanks over and over and over again for the life that you're living in. It's a beautiful picture of a pastor and a leader and the picture of God's heart about every time he thinks of us, do you think he's like, oh no, there they go again. If Paul thinks positive things about about fallen beings, I know that the Holy Spirit does. And he looks out among our congregation today with appreciation for who you are, even though you're imperfect. Did you know that this morning? That's not really in the text. It's the assumption that we all carry the knowledge in our heart that there's a lot of things that God could complain about in our life. There's a lot of things that Paul could complain about. He'd been with these people for years. He knew them pretty well. But he was so enamored by their life and by their commitment to the church and their commitment to each other that he said, every time I think of you, I remember that God appreciates you and I appreciate you for the life that you're living for him. It spoke to my heart when Janine came up to me this morning unexpectedly out of nowhere and for no other reason but to be a blessing because she meant it to say, Pastor, I appreciate you. When was the last time you had someone come up and say that to you? For just out of the blue, say, Brother, Sister so-and-so, I am so glad that you're here. 
I just appreciate your smile so much. I appreciate your dedication to the Lord or to your family, to your church, to your job, to your friends, to your grandkids, whatever it may be. When was the last time that someone in your world came up to you and just said, I just want to thank you so much for who you are and what you do? When was the last time? A week? A month? A year? We're going to get to that later on about how as we, the church, identify with God's heart in order to be a source of encouragement to each other. Because sometimes I ask her, can, you know, if I haven't seen someone in church for a week or a couple weeks or a month, you know, I can forget to say, man, it's so good to see you today. I'm so grateful that you're here and be thinking more of that. It's been three weeks since you've been here. What's been going on? Why aren't you in church? Or, you know, and we, we tend so much to focus on the negative, don't we? Why not? What if? What have you been doing? Where have you been? Instead of this just overwhelming sense of, I am so grateful that you're here today, that I have a chance to get to talk to you, and I think that it might change the course of someone's life. Maybe just in their spiritual journey, but in their heart, in their soul, to be reminded of and be convinced of the fact that God looks down with favor upon you, God appreciates you, God values this part of your life. I think that the danger many times that pastors have is, is we talk really convincingly, and I believe it's true that God is omniscient. He knows everything about everyone that they've ever done or thought or said or never done, right? We all believe that God is omniscient, and many times we come at this as God's seeing every time you've messed up. He knows every hidden sin that you have, and, and he knows all the faults that you have, and you need to get your heart right with Jesus and you need to get things figured out so that he can look on you with favor. And that's not what Paul said. Paul says, every time I think of you, I'm so happy that you are a part of my life, that you're a part of my church, that you're a part of the kingdom, that you're living a life in Christ. Even though it may be imperfectly done, I'm so happy that you're a part of God's family. Sure, God sees our temptations when we give in, but what about the times when we don't? Sure, he sees the times that we struggle control our emotions and the times that we lose control. And despite all of those failings, despite all of those faults, he continues to love us. He continues to value us. Did Paul pastor the church where no one ever got upset? Did he live in a culture that appreciated his ministry? No way. They ran him out of time. They threw him to the into prison, they tried to beat him. They, they tried everything they could do to run this guy off. The culture of his day was so harshly opposed to his ministry. And yet here is a man who had so much to complain about, and yet he was so positive in the way he viewed the people around him. I just want to picture myself this morning being in that congregation in Ephesus when when the letter from my beloved pastor of years passed, who I was saved under, brought into Christ's ministry and relationship together, and my pastor, who's now in jail, fearing for his life, is writing his first letter to me, and I receive it, and it says, I just want to let you know that every time I think of you, I praise God for you, I thank him for you, you are amazing, you are special to me, you, are, you bless me, just the thought of you causes me to pray for you and give thanks for you. 
And let's let the Holy Spirit help us to bathe ourselves in those words because that's God's message for you and I today. That every time he thinks of us, it says in Zephaniah 3.17, he, he does a little dance. He sings a little song. He, del- he delights in our ministry and our gifts and our giving and our personalities and he loves us so much. But Paul's really specific in the text that we read this morning about what it is that he's thankful for. And this is a reminder that all of these things that we we learn about ourselves, that we discover about how God feels about us as, as a life lived in Christ. And if we're away from God, if we're outside of his favor, then this is an invitation for us to discover our identity as becoming a part of the family. We've talked about faithfulness. We've talked about adoption and forgiveness and redemption all blessings that God offers to us for a life in Christ. But he says specifically two things about the church. He says, I see your faith in the Lord. There's nothing more beautiful than simple faith that trusts God completely and your love for the church. Your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the church. And those were the things that stood out to Paul as people who were committed to the Lord Jesus. And can I tell you this morning that being a Christian can be an inconvenient thing. I mean, you go to church on Sunday morning, you have Sunday school, you have life groups, you have ministries that you're involved in and and weekly prayer meetings and and following up people on Facebook and their prayer requests and emails and and visiting people. And and there is a lot of, of time that is spent by people who love God and love the church and caring for the people around them. And Paul says, I am so thankful every time I think about you, the way you pour your heart out to the church around you. The way you give yourself to those in ministry across the the aisle from you. Maybe to those who aren't even able to come to church anymore. You value them and you reach out to them and you bless them. I have this written down, but I'm gonna, it's really personal. When Janine came up to me, I, I thought she was going to say, it's really good to see you or, or happy Sunday or something. And she just looked me in the eye and said, I appreciate you so much. And, and my first reaction was what I wrote about here was just to kind of say, oh, thanks. Or, you know, uh, you know that God's using me or whatever. And, and I just looked her eye and I said, that means so much to me. I appreciate that so much. But when has ever someone come up to you and, and shown gratitude or thankfulness and you're like, all glory to be to God? Or, you know, he's the one who's done this and, and so you defer what was meant to be a gift to you to somebody else. Instead of just living in that moment and taking that in and letting that bathe your spirit and say, thank you for being kind. Thank you for showing appreciation. And this morning, as we look at the scriptures together, we need to allow our hearts to do that to God. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about your failures. Don't worry about your mistakes. Don't worry, uh, you know, about your fears, your anxieties, or any of those things. Just simply this morning, as we sit here together, God looks down upon us and is delighted in us. He appreciates us for who we are. And we just simply need to accept that as God's gift and to say, thank you, Lord, for the way you love us, for the way that you appreciate us and the way that we are right now. Remember, we had an event here a while back at First Friends, and 
there are a lot of people dedicating um, hours and even days to this community ministry that we had, and it went really well, had a lot more people there than we thought would come, and I heard someone say thank you to someone else. I remember the conversation, exactly who it was, um, and someone said, yeah, God really pulled something off, and I thought, they were trying to show gratitude to you because you were there. You were in the midst of it. You were giving your time and your effort, and sometimes we just want to defer to God what was meant for God to give to us. A sense of value, a sense of worthiness, a sense of appreciation for who we are in him. I think we have a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves to perform, to act or even to minister in such a way that others notice what we're doing. And then we kind of create this, our own sense of, Worthiness, instead of waiting on God to show that and give that to us. But I wonder this morning if we can all just sit here together and in a moment of silence say, thank you, Lord, for valuing me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for seeing me right where I am. Thank you, Lord, for understanding that despite all my shortcomings, My heart is in this. My heart is into you. My heart is into your ministry, and I want to please you in every way, even though I'm going to mess up, even though I'm going to fail. Lord, thank you for caring about me and appreciating me so much. So adding to our list of the ways we experience God's favor, the way that we identify ourselves in the light of how God feels about us, We are blessed by him. We are adopted by him. We are forgiven by him. We are called to live a life of holiness before him. We are instructed in all these things to live this way in Christ. And then as we live our life in Christ, to accept God's appreciation for how we are and how we live. Paul goes on to describe in this passage a few things that happen to us as we claim this new identity in Christ, as we learn to accept the appreciation of the Holy Spirit in our life, how it transforms us as we walk together with him. So we just have a couple of ideas we want to share about that this morning as we ponder this idea of being appreciated by God. So this is what happens in the heart when when we adopt these things as our own. And one of the things that happens is that we exchange grumbling for praying. We exchange a life of grumbling and complaining for a life of prayer. How many times have you ever felt unappreciated? You served and you ministered and you were there and you gave your time and nobody noticed, or at least no one seemed to notice. No one came up to you and said thank you. Maybe even the pastor missed it. All the time and dedication you've given to this ministry or to this person or or to the nursery or to the music or or to the office, or whatever it is, and it just gets missed. It's like, man, doesn't anyone notice how hard I'm working? No one seems to even want to say thank you anymore. And I'm faithful, I'm there every Sunday, and pretty soon you start to grumble about about not being appreciated. Because you forget, you haven't realized how much God is grateful for who you are. But the danger in grumbling is you go from grumbling about not being noticed to grumbling about the person who has stopped to notice you. And it becomes very personal very quickly because we haven't learned to accept the praise that God offers in his word about us. 
We start to say about our boss that they just aren't thankful anymore, and my kids never say thank you. My parents, it's never good enough for them. And all of a sudden, this we miss the fact that God looks down with favor and appreciation on us, and we start to become attached to the negativity that we place on the people around us. And if you know anything about the book of Ephesians, much of this book is a, is a prayer of the Apostle Paul. Now here's a guy, remember where he's at again writing this book? In the palace? <laughs> he is in prison. And he's exchanged, I mean, Paul, this guy had been preaching the gospel. He's been risking his life. He'd suffer about every brutality that you can imagine. And all the, th- you know, I can't imagine what it was like for Paul at night, running for his life, beaten to a pulp over and over again. So there's more than one reason why he didn't write this book. is because he physically wasn't able to write. He was so pulverized for the ministry that he was involved in, a thankless world around him. And he writes to these faithful people, every time I think about you, I thank God for you. Every time I think of you, I praise God for what he's done in you and what he's doing in you. And he's exchanged a life and an attitude that could have focused on all the things that were going wrong, on how messed up life was, on how God should have done things differently. And instead, it focused on the things that God was doing well. And he did this through a life of prayer. He had a lot to grumble about, and yet he turned it into a life of prayer or of gratitude for what God has done. Can life get hard sometimes? You better believe it. Can it seem like things start to fall apart? You all, you and I know that that's what happens. The stress overcomes, the commitments overwhelm us, and before we know it, our head and our hearts are spinning, sometimes out of control. And Paul knows that. He's in the middle of it. Everything that could go wrong, literally everything that could go wrong, has gone wrong, even though he's done everything as right as he knew how. And so in a dark, dingy, damp, stinky, dangerous dungeon, Paul lifts his heart to prayer for the people that he cares about and to the God who has ministered to him so well. I don't know how easy it was for Paul to do this, but I know it's not that easy for me. When things don't seem to be going right, when life seems to be spinning out of control, it's really easy for me to say, oh, Lord, what are you doing? What's going on? Where are you in this? What are we going to do to fix this? How is this going to get turned around? What are we going to do, God? And instead, Paul says, why don't you just turn your heart to prayer? Maybe we could go back to last Sunday's sermon about the blessings that God has given us. We have redemption and forgiveness and adoption We have a family and a savior and forgiveness and everything that is in the past is wiped away. And so much of the time we get focused on what's happening here and now in our own feelings that we forget the truth of the scriptures. And the truth of the Bible is, is that God, when he looks upon you, is thankful for you and for your life and for your ministry and for who you are in him. It's my prayer that in your family, in your community, in your world, you find that kind of appreciation in front of the Lord Jesus as you walk with him.
I think the fact that God loves us is no surprise. I just wonder sometimes if the devil's so good at beating us up that we forget to remind ourselves of how God feels about us. And this is my prayer for our series together for me as I walk through this series together is that so much of the time I'm so overwhelmed by the negative things, uh, my own shortcomings, and, and all of the things that, that I think are going wrong that I forget to remember how much in God's size he sees value in me, how much he appreciates me, how much he sacrificed in order to let me know how much he loves me. And as a discipline in my spiritual life, I remind myself through the words, even the words of the Apostle Paul, that I'm appreciated by God. And when I do that, I start to lose sight of all the things that are going wrong because of how much God loves me and things turn around. It's a paradigm shift that can happen in our life as we perceive in our own heart how we are seen by the heart of God. Appreciated people exchange grumbling for prayer. Another thing that Paul says in this passage that appreciated people do is we exchange competing for celebrating. We exchange competing for celebrating. Sometimes we have the pressure to outperform, the pressure to outdo someone, the pressure to be noticed, the pressure to make a difference, the pressure to to get the best grade, the pressure to be seen in the best light, the pressure to never make a mistake, the pressure to always show up. I think each of us knows where those points are where we put more expectations upon ourselves than maybe is healthy or right or appropriate. Paul says, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you his spirit. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Having our eyes and our hearts enlightened, opened up, revealed to us that you would know what is the hope to which he has called you. Not to your shortcomings, not to how you're not never going to live up to the own pressures in your life, but we're appreciated by God because he looks down upon us with love. Paul prayed this amazing prayer in this passage, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to revisit some of this next Sunday because it's, or a week after Sunday because we won't be here next Sunday. But this, this idea that we could know God's resurrection power in our own life, that we could know that we are something and we are somebody because of what Jesus has done, never because of what we have done. We are something to God because of what Jesus did on the cross, not because of some big decision that we made or some act that we did that changed the world or the, you know, some offering we gave on Sunday that was way over the top or that we've given ourselves more to this ministry than anyone else. Just the fact that Jesus died on the cross is enough for God to think you're something pretty awesome. Whether you've done any great act of kindness or love or giving or whatever, the fact is that simply because Christ died on the cross, God looks down with favor upon us. And so much of the time we get focused on everything that is going wrong, maybe all the mistakes that we've made, or how we don't measure up to somebody else. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind us that we're just valuable because of what Jesus did for us. 
Can I tell you, for me, I'm still swallowing that. (laughs) And I may spend the rest of my life swallowing that one because in your family, in your career, in your work, in your school, there are so many pressures to be this, to look like that, and and I don't even worry about that one. I am what I am, and that's just the way it's going to be. There are so many pressures to measure up or to look different or to do in order to become. And Jesus said, I just want you to be, and you are. I just want you to dwell and rest and trust on the fact that I did for you what you could never do for yourself. And our identity then no longer becomes about how I perform or what I do or how I fail or what I can't do or what I wish I could do. My identity is rested solely in the fact that Jesus died for me and because he took my place, I'm a part of God's family and my life will never be the same when I now have a heavenly father who has eternal life all laid out for me. It changes our perspective. It changes our paradigm for our life of having to perform or to accomplish or to do all of these things or become all of these things in order to please God and simply rest in the fact that because Jesus died for us, he looks upon us with favor. He counts us as his own. This is a member of his family. This word is used in Ephesians over and over again. We have an inheritance in Jesus. And do you know what that inheritance is? It's eternal life. It's a resurrected body. It's, it's eternity spent with the God who gave his only son to die for us that we could know that we're important to him, that we could know that we're of value to him, that he literally gave up the thing that mattered most to him in order for you and I to know, to know how much we mean to him. And the prayer that I have for my life and for yours is, is that truth is allowed to echo in our hearts. Allow the truth that God looks upon you with favor, not because of what you've done wrong or done right, but the fact that Jesus did for you what you could never do for yourself. And Paul says, I, I, I remember you because you have that faith, the faith in Jesus because of what he's done. There are so many noises in our world today. There's so much noise on so There's so much noise on the television. There's so much noise on the radio. Literally everywhere you go, it's hard to find a moment of silence unless you make one. Or there's a big power outage or something, but besides that, it's... And my prayer for you and I today is that we would just allow this truth to echo. That God loves us because of what Jesus did. Not because of anything we're ever going to do or become. But it's because we're in Christ. Remember that phrase? Because we're in Christ. He loves us. He values us as a part of his family. When we feel alone, when we feel discouraged, when we feel empty, when we feel like a failure, when we feel like we're never going to make it through, when we feel like the pressures are mounting and out of control, let the Holy Spirit remind us that it's not because of our performance or lack thereof that God loves us. It's just the fact that we are, and we have a faith and a trust in him, that he loves us and values us so well. Thirdly and lastly this morning, 
Paul talks about this idea of exchanging bitterness for thankfulness. It's kind of inferred by his life. But he talks in the passage about Jesus being over every power. On this earth, in the spiritual world, in the world to come, all things are before Jesus and everything is under his control. Angels, demons, principalities and powers of every level you can think of are all under Jesus' feet and they will all bow before him and call him Lord. If that relationship went wrong and we blamed God for it, Paul wants to remind us that someday there's going to be a count of that. Every knee will bow before him. If the plans didn't go the way you think they did, Sometimes it's easy to be resentful for God for not making things right. If our plans didn't work out the way we thought they would, many times we can convince ourselves that God isn't in control or God doesn't care anymore. He doesn't understand. And Paul reminds the believers that part of our our discovering who we are in Jesus is the reminder that things may not go right today. It may feel like things are falling apart and And the danger that is, is then we identify with ourselves as being weak and broken and useless and unsuccessful, and we forget all the blessings that we have in Christ instead of reminding ourselves that as we stay in him and we love our life, that it's all going to work out. God's going to all work it out in the end. And he reminds the church, he says to them, I pray that you will know, understand that as, as the end days come, as Jesus comes again, there's going to be everyone who's going to give an account, including you. And the danger sometimes for us is that we hold on to the things that have gone wrong so, for so long and so, so strongly do we hold on to them that we miss the word of God. We miss, miss the truth of the fact that things may not go right today. But as we stay in Christ, that will be a day of reckoning for all. You know, we've been talking this morning about words of appreciation and how much they mean to us from the heart of God, how much we can be blessed by the words of others. But have you ever had someone talk bad about you? Anyone? All right, let's, everyone awake now. Let's try, anyone ever talk spoken bad about you? Um, Either to your face or behind your back, which would you prefer? Anyone? To your, you'd rather have it done to you because then you can deal with it, right? If it's done behind your back, then you may not even, even, even hear about it. But it's happened to every one of us. How many of you enjoyed that? Some of you started to go like that. I don't know if you have a twitch or, or what. It's, it hurts. It burns. It, it causes pain. Whether it was justified, whether it was right, whether it was way out of line, whether you have no idea what they were talking about, it could be any kinds of things. Maybe they were spot on. We still don't like to hear it. And it can cause us to become bitter in our own heart. I just wonder this morning as believers together, can we ask the Holy Spirit as he reminds us of the value that he places in us? the delight that he has in us, even when, even when we don't perform, even when we don't match up, even when things don't go right, even when 
we wish we could have done things better. Can we ask the Holy Spirit to remind us how much he loves us because of what Jesus has done? I can't think of too many commercials that I see on television that start out by saying, you're amazing, just the way that you are. Anyone ever seen a commercial like that? Most of them are, you know, shows, you know, some model that you know that we will never become in any shape or form. Driving the coolest truck or the coolest car or having the perfect complexion, the perfect body, whatever that's supposed to mean. And if you look like that and you act like that and you live like that, then you'll be happy. And the world will appreciate you and the world will value you because of everything that you have and the way that you look. And we're surrounded by that culture. We're surrounded by that world. And Paul writes to his congregation, I don't know models in his church, it doesn't say. He wasn't worried about the aesthetics. He's worried about the heart. I think he wrote to a, a, a church full of sinners like you and I. I think he wrote to a congregation of people who had failed, people who had succeeded, people from all over the world, people from every kind of background, people with every kind of family situation, some who were successful, some who weren't, some who were afraid, some who were confident, but all who were in Christ. And he writes to them, his opening words in this passage are for this morning is, every time I think of you, I praise God for you. I thank God for you. I am so blessed at the thought of your faithfulness, of your commitment, of you just being who you are, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. And I, I, love, I love the paradigm shift that can happen in the heart of each and every one of us as we remind ourselves, we, we allow the echo of the truth of the Scriptures to flow again and again over us of how much God looks upon us with favor. God looks upon us with appreciation. God looks upon us with value because of what Jesus did on the cross. And if we can live in the reminders of the blessings of God, living in the graces of God that we've talked about, with the reassurance that Jesus looks at us with great value, then we can sing the song with the worship team as they get ready to come up and lead us in the song that I am a child of God, even though I make mistakes, even though I fail, even though I mess up, even though I don't look perfect, even if I don't have the best clothes, even if I don't know what tomorrow holds, even if I don't have any of those things, I have Jesus and I have value because I'm in him.
that leads right, right into what I wanted to share before the worship team comes to join us. Leads us in our song. I appreciate First Friends Church so much. I am so blessed when we have people who aren't normally a part of our church come and get to know us, and they are instantly struck by your faith. They're instantly struck by your love, and it, it wraps them in. It draws them in. It blesses them because of what you've allowed God to do in and through you. And, and I thought about Paul's thought process as he thought about his faithful ones. And his heart was just so thrilled with their commitment, with their life, and with their love. What a beautiful way to live Christianity out, to be overwhelmed with gratitude for around us, to be overwhelmed with gratitude for those who serve, even thanklessly, but to be reminded to give gratitude to each one of them. And, and I just look out upon our congregation today, and I see so many of you who who serve in the apartment ministry and, and serve with the homeless ministry. We have people um, teaching the kids and Sunday school teachers and small group leaders. And, and I know there's a, a lot of you that, that are serving behind the scenes. We don't see the letters that you write. We don't see the cards that you send or the visits that you do or the phone calls that you have or the emails that you send. And I just want you to know this morning how much God appreciates you and how much I appreciate your life and your commitment to the church and to Jesus Christ because it's not about anything that we have done, but it's about who we are in him. And let's allow the Holy Spirit as we stand together to sing this song, remind us who we are. We are his children for all of eternity. Let's stand.